halfway through. We have stories of the dead coming back to life to tell of the dead. evil. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. The All-American edition of the All-American Spook Show podcast. As always, I'm Josh, and I'm joined with my friend Will. I am Will. And the Professor Smoot. What's up, everybody? And today, this is episode 12. Yeah, 12. <laughs> Start losing count. There's so many in the, in, the, uh, in the vast, deep library that we've done <laughs> that I lose count. Uh, this is episode 12, uh, and today we're going to be talking about the uh, 2014 horror movie Annabelle. We figured it was a good time to get back around to it since uh, Annabelle, what's the name one called? Annabelle Comes Home, right? It's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. I guess well, within the next week or so here at the end of June. Yeah. Do, I, do, I they do, like a, do they do like a cool Paul Walker video? So I'm coming home with her. <laughs> with Annabelle, with a doll? Yeah. yeah. No, I think they're going to uh, wait for you to edit that and put it up on YouTube. I'm coming home. I'm coming. <laughs> and welcome to, is coming home. Welcome to hell. I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Will, what you been up to lately? What you been watching? You got to uh, see anything in the movie theater? Anything good on TV lately? Anything? Uh, me and my wife went and watched a new MIB movie. Well, how was that? It was an MIB movie. I mean, you, you pretty much know what you're getting out of it. So is it? Cl- it's cl- I would assume it's probably closer to MIB three than it is, say, like the first one or two. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's slightly different, but I mean, it's kind of hard to get away from the whole premise of that franchise. Well, at least they're trying to branch out, you know, from the Will Smith run. You know, trying to shake it up. I guess it's uh, Chris Hemsworth in it. Uh, the other chick, I'm blanking on her name. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Both of those, both of them were in uh, Thor Ragnarok, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw Men in Black movie as well. <laughs> but yeah, oh, you, I can't remember her name either right now. But yeah, she was. She they were together in Thor. Did you like it? Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. So, uh, okay. Yeah, for that, I mean, for Men in Black movie, you did too yeah. well, right? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, it's not groundbreaking cinema. No, so it sounds like so. It sounds like you're both <laughs> so, on the so same fun. page. Like, Sounds like you're both it's good the same popcorn page. movie. It's, it's, yeah, it's a it's a weekend out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that me and my wife could watch. If it, uh, if it would have if it would have been like just a uh, me weekend of, of going to the movies, uh, I'd have probably made it a double feature. Went and saw uh, X Men just because I've seen all of them so far, mm-hmm. uh, and then follow that up with uh, oh god, I'm blanking on the name of it, the Bill Murray movie. It's out right now. Oh, yeah. The uh, Dead Don't Die. Dead Don't Die, yeah. 
Yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see that too. <laughs> yeah. I was actually looking at uh, Tom's the other day to see if it was playing around here, and it is. You know, I, you, you never know what those kind of movies. Sometimes, you know, they they might be a movie that, uh, you know, barely plays or, you know, doesn't play at all in your area. I, watched, I didn't know how uh, long release it was. Yeah. I watched uh, Bad Times at the El Royale last night. You know, I had that one on my DVR, and then, like, somehow it got uh, deleted, and I never got to watch it. Yeah. Was it good? It's solid. I mean, <laughs> hate to be just kind of a throwaway on all of these, <laughs> but, you know, it's just kind of, it's okay. Everything I just that was one I wanted thing. to see in the theater. When I saw the trailer, it looked, it looked really good, and I wanted to see it in the theater, but never got around to it. Yeah, it's it's pretty slow. Is it? <laughs> like, like, right there at the end, it picks up, but it's pretty slow, like, most of that time. I started, uh, I haven't, I'm only about 30, 40 minutes into it. It seems like that's always the case every time we talk about this. I'm like 30 or 40 minutes into everything. <laughs> um, but I'm you know, Josh, 30. I really think you should sit down and just watch something from beginning to end. I've never finished anything. <laughs> Including <laughs> Annabelle, right? No. Every, yeah, every review we ever do, I just kind of like make up the last 40 minutes. You know, like Cliff, <laughs> Cliff Notes review type thing? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oh, good. So this is where I got to the end of, okay, uh, so Will and, and, and Smoke, what did y'all think about this? <laughs> Why don't y'all help me fill in the blanks here? <laughs> I watched the first 30 and the last 30. I'm good, right? <laughs> and I scrambled to find the entire script online and read it as we're talking. <laughs> Sadly, no, what I, Smoke said, most movies, we could probably do that, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we, I'm sure this is a movie that we'll get around to eventually on here one day, but I started watching Blue Sunshine. Oh, yes. Uh, I actually watched that again not too long ago as well. Good Lord. What a weird-ass <laughs> movie. And wonderfully acted. <laughs> yeah, we need to get around to that, though. That, that's, uh, yeah. that movie's a trip. Yeah, that guy. I love that guy. Literally. Like a personal favorite. Oh, yeah, a literal trip. Yeah. yeah. Like, as in the Blue Sunshine being a reference to, you know, LSD. Orange Sunshine at LSD and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that looks it's interesting so far. I mean, I, I'll finish it off, and maybe I'll... I'll try to remember to say something about that when I finish it next time. But, yeah, I started watching that the other night. Otherwise, for me, just catching up on TV and stuff here lately. I know we want to go see Toy Story 4 when that comes out, you know. but Or at that, I guess that came out this weekend. But uh, it might be a couple weeks before we get a chance to see it. I'm sure the crowds are uh, thick anyway, so I'd rather avoid it for a little while. Yeah, we would have went and watched something like that or uh, Secret Life of Pets, but... Uh, that's something we kind of feel like we probably need to bring our daughters to. <laughs> yeah. <I'm not> because <laughs> it's a child's movie. Maybe maybe like the Pixar movies, I might go see those by myself. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, if I go see those, I'm taking I'm taking my son. That's a family affair. I have to, if I'm if it's me and I'm sneaking away to go see a movie, it's something like, uh, you know, The the Dead Don't Die or whatever, something like that, you know. So I guess, uh, I guess with the preamble out of the way, let me go ahead and toss to the trailer for... The 2014 first Annabelle movie, Annabelle. John, wake up. What's that? Next door, I heard a scream. Stay here. I'll go check it out. John? Is everything all right? Oh my God, you're covered in blood. Go back inside. It's not mine. It's not. Go back inside and call an ambulance right now. Go! survived you don't come out the other side of something like this weaker what is there left to be scared of this is the last of them 
How did that get in there? I swear I threw it out. Things must have got mixed up. There, she fits right in. Sometimes demons can attach themselves to objects. What do I do? Protect your family. So that was the trailer for Annabelle. Um, Will, uh, you see, you have not seen this before, right? No. All right. So uh, just your initial thoughts upon watching it. What'd you think? I'd say for, for most of it, I thought it was pretty good. It was kind of weird right towards the end. I, I, I don't know why I, I say this. I can't put like a, a particular like look on it, but it very much felt like the last like 15 minutes of it was from like a 90s movie though. Mm. Like I, I don't know, maybe it was just like the 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 color palette there at the end just reminded me of something from like a like a 90s movie, but it felt like it just changed right there at the end. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. And now you haven't seen any of these Conjuring None. universe movies. No. So no. I mean but I mean, we basically kind of summed up The Conjuring enough for you to get what was going on, right? Uh, no. No, I mean, like, you understood enough. <laughs> well, I mean, I just mean that, like, you understood enough to understand what was going on as far as, like... Like, why you watch the movie? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, that there's a, it's a haunted item and, and that yeah, it lives yeah, in yeah. this room and all that. You get that, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's... I think it's Perfectly fine as a standalone movie. Smoke, what do you think? Obviously, I know you saw this in the theaters. So, what were your initial reactions when you saw it the first time around, and then this time around? Uh, yeah, and this probably is the. It might only be the second time I've seen it. When we watched it for this, uh, the first time being in the theater yeah, in 2014. But and I'd seen The Conjuring. This is actually the only the second, I guess, Conjuring universe movie. So uh, coming out of and I love The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Coming oh, out yeah. of that, then when I saw Annabelle, I, mean, I was ex- kind of excited for Annabelle to come along. And then when it dropped and I saw it in the theater, I guess initially it was kind of, it wasn't, to me it didn't live up at all to the original Conjuring movie as far as storyline and everything that you maybe would expect from it. So I guess initially it was a little, it was coming from the Conjuring scene and it was a little bit of disappointment there with that. But, but I think it's, uh, it's well crafted for what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, one thing too, it didn't, 
for some reason it doesn't I don't, I don't know and it's probably the only one i can think of that's like that even though it's set in the setting that it is which is 1969 around in there right i, I think it's or 67 67 yeah. if i've got my timeline like, right it didn't always even though they they played there would be a song from that era here or there and you know they tried to get the dress and the look right it still didn't necessarily always feel like i'm watching a movie set in the 60s like it like the conjuring was set in the 70s and Conjuring 2 even, and all the other ones, and The Nuns set in the 50s. For some reason, it's like they didn't maybe didn't get quite get the feel right. <laughs> I don't know if it's cinematography or what. But I always, I always take myself out. I always don't necessarily think that I'm watching a movie set in the 60s. It's like it could be set in the 80s or 90s or whatever. Yeah, I don't it, know what it, it kind of goes in and out. It's, it, I definitely see what you're saying there, like as far as the, the timeline feel. The feel yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really necessarily feel like I'm watching something that's supposed to be set in the 60s. Until like a song comes on from that era or something. Yeah, in the movie. that was another thing too. Not to get too uh, deep into it. Well, before I say that, first off, if you haven't listened to this uh, podcast before, we always have to say this is a spoiler-filled podcast. So, uh, pretty much from this point forward, if you haven't watched this, um, you should probably hit pause and go watch it and then come back because we're going to spoil things. But uh, <laughs> not to to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Um, the part where uh, on the TV where uh, they're talking about the Manson family murders, right? Mm-hmm. Are they talking... They were talking specifically about, like, when they killed Sharon Tate and all that, right? Yeah. Because that happened, that happened in, like, 1969. And yeah, I'm that's pretty, right. That's why I was thinking it was Yeah, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like, timeline-wise, like, compared to the first 67. Conjuring to this, it's supposed to be 67 or 68. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's a blurred timeline there, but... Yeah, yeah. And that's probably hey. why also one of the reasons... Man, it was it was twenty fourteen. It was a wild time. Yeah. They they didn't have Wikipedia back then. <laughs> or the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dark time back in twenty fourteen. Yeah. You remember those days? Early <laughs> I, when we when we didn't have iPhone tens, we had like iPhone sixes or sevens. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we had Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, there are some weird timeline things there in this one. Myself, this is at least, I'm almost positive this is probably about the third time I've watched this. I enjoy it for what it is. It, the Conjuring is definitely a better movie. And uh, yeah, I think I, that would be interesting for Will. I think if, when you do go back to see The Conjuring. Yeah. You're going yeah, to, you're, yeah, you're going to, I think you're going to have far more enjoyment out of The Conjuring, the first one. Okay, um, I mean, there was a lot of things I liked about this one, though. Yeah, and so if that's the case, then yeah, you're gonna love the Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I would say like you know, obviously this doesn't give anything away, but like there were so many like things where it was like practical, uh, you know, as far as effects wise in this movie, and I love that. You know, like they yeah. they had plenty of times where they could have like completely animated the doll and and made it completely silly. But well, these these are all these movies I think are all about the low budget. Yeah, I mean, no, no, once I think, again, I get, think... get set, stepping ahead a little bit here. The budget for this movie is six and a half million dollars. Yeah, I think it absolutely pays off. Yeah, well, that's. I think that's one of the one of the little things about the Conjuring universe of movies is that you know they're fairly low budget movies, and, and let's be honest, most horror movies are, unless it's a big budget one like It yeah. or you know something where you know they're they're really pumping some cash into it. I'm sure there are better examples, but you get what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. Most horror movies are fairly low budget, but you know I think that's what they thrive on in these particular movies is that they are 
practical and low budget so you're going to see a lot of that but yeah i mean i i enjoy this one i i, I really dig all these conjuring the conjuring universe of mm-hmm. you know movies uh i my, myself i still haven't seen the nun yet believe it or not i've even i've even got it on blu-ray and just haven't sat down and watched it yet. just haven't watched it yeah, yeah. I like I've, that was another one where i love i love the setting of it and mm-hmm. you know it's kind of different than the other ones in that it's set it's set in the 50s first of all mm-hmm. and it's at that uh the uh what do you oh convent you know yeah very yeah, gothic yeah. feel to it and everything storyline that could have maybe you know as as it is sometimes with a lot with a lot of the conjuring movies it's little things you could think of that could have been well that could have been better if they did this or they did that but but i mean overall i kind of enjoyed that one how about la llorona did you see that one no still haven't seen it yet that one i think i think we talked about that maybe when i'd seen that in the theater on one of the previous podcasts about the <laughs> very loosely ties into the Conjuring universe. I think, in fact, the priest, Father per- Perez, that's in this movie, in Annabelle, uh-huh. is about the only linking factor <laughs> with the, the Conjuring universe. Well, at least, you know, I, I guess it's kind of a cheap way to uh, make it connect. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so th- as far as in the pecking order of things, the first movie was The Conjuring, which came out in uh, 2013. And then it's this movie, Annabelle, which came out in October 3rd of 2014. Um, then I believe it was, yeah, The Conjuring 2 came out in 2016. Um, then Annabelle Creation came out in 2017. Then The Nun came out in 2018 last year. And, uh, then you said, like you said, loosely connected The Curse of La, uh, La Rona. My Sharona? Yes. My Sharona? The Curse, the curse of yes. the Knack. <laughs> curse of the Knack. <laughs> came out, uh, earlier this year, 2019, April 2019. And then uh, Annabelle Comes Home comes out June 26, which is uh, right around the time that this podcast will hit. You know, it'll be coming out in a couple days. And then next year, next September, The Conjuring 3 is supposed to come out. And it sounds like there has uh, been, they are going to make another Nun movie eventually. I guess they've kind of said it's in development, but they haven't put a date on it. And the same deal with uh, another uh I guess loosely connected movie, what, however it's going to be, uh, the Crooked Man. So I guess that oh, would yeah. be a part of it somehow. Um, See, they have so many of these conjuring. Wouldn't, wouldn't the second one be reconjuring, and then the <laughs> third one be, yep, still conjuring? <laughs> the Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> every See, time I hear it, does this has nothing to do with anything. But every time I hear the conjuring, including the first time the this conjuring movie came out, the first I think of the Megadeth song from East Cells. Yeah. From- <laughs> <laughs> Now, you know, as far as, like, this whole Conjuring universe, this franchise is concerned, I think it's a cool gimmick, a cool little gag or whatever, not gag, whatever, you know, the, the MacGuffin or whatever, is that there's this room in Warren's house that uh, they have all these uh, haunted artifacts, so to speak, these evil artifacts in the room. So, like, as far as these movies are concerned, dude, they could do this forever. Oh, yeah, with how many artifacts they have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, you know, as, as, uh, as long as these movies keep making money and they do them well, dude, they could literally, this could just go on forever. <laughs> they could just take one item out of that room and do a movie out of it, you know. Yeah, And, you know, what it kind of reminds me of is sort of a bigger budget movie versions of, uh, you remember the Friday the 13th series? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, what was it, 90s, right? Or Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the, the actual uh, <laughs> TV show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the TV show. Because they uh-huh. had the, you know, the curio shop where all these items... It's like a yeah. supernatural curio shot. Mm-hmm. So I guess with that, uh, we will go into the uh, details of this one. Um, this movie was released, like I said, October 3rd, 2014 by New Line Cinema, uh, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment. 
um, Atomic Monster Productions, which is uh, producer James Wan, James Wan's like production company, uh, and the Saffron Company, and it was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. And like we said, uh, this is a spinoff of the Con- the first spinoff of the Conjuring, which came out a year before in 2013. And uh, I actually went back and watched The Conjuring because it had been a while since I sat down and watched it. Like, I watched it earlier this week before I watched Annabelle. The very opening scene of The Conjuring is the same opening scene from Annabelle, you know, where it's like a close up of the doll's face. And then it's those two nurse, the two uh, lady nurses and the guy sitting on the couch talking to the Warrens. Mm. It's pretty much the exact same scene from the very beginning of The Conjuring. <laughs> so I guess, you know, that's where they kind of like. They, they, they drop you off there and then go from there, you know, kind of where the doll comes from, right? So that's the major connection is that literally Annabelle is the first thing you you see in the Conjuring universe, even in the first Conjuring. Um, the total runtime of this movie is one hour, 39 minutes. It was rated R, of course. Um, it is listed as a horror slash mystery slash, slash thriller. The, but the budget, like I mentioned earlier, was six and a half million dollars. Opening weekend... It made $37,134,255, and, and I'm going to be that specific because it barely, it just barely got beat that week, that particular weekend by uh, the Ben Affleck movie Gone Girl, which basically had almost the exact same amount of money. It only made like 400000 more, M- maybe not even that. Probably cost quite a bit more to make, though. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was just Ben Affleck's, you know. Yeah, I'm sure Ben Affleck's salary alone. was yeah <laughs> was more than the entire budget for Annabelle. Um, so yeah, it made 37.1 million that opening weekend, and it ended up grossing in the U.S. Uh, 84.2 million, and worldwide, this movie made 256.8 million dollars. <laughs> So it was a huge hit. Even though Definitely the critics, made the producers happy, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the budget's $6.5 million. <laughs> it, and it grossed 256.8. You might as well say 257 worldwide. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a success. Significant, yeah. Um, that particular weekend, it came out, like I said, it, it barely came in second to Gone Girl. Um, the top 10 that weekend, uh, Gone Girl 1, Annabelle 2. Number 3, The Equalizer. 4, The Box Trolls. Five, The Maze Runner. I guess that's the first one of those oh, movies. Yeah. Number six, Left Behind. Seven, This Is Where I Leave You. Number eight, Dolphin Tale 2, which I'm sure we'll get around to at some point in this podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. we have to, you know. Yeah. Number nine, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was uh, I think was probably about to end its run. And number ten was uh, No Good Deed, the 2014 version. And just um, just in case you were wondering, Affleck made ten million dollars for Gone Girl. Boom! There you go. <laughs> he made three and a half million more than the entire budget of Annabelle. <laughs> so, uh, as I'm as I as I did last show, and I think this is like a little thing that I'm going to start doing each time if I get a chance to do it. I go back and I'm looking at the year that particular year, and I'll compare it to like the other horror movies that came out that year. You know. Or, However you want to uh, phrase it. You know, the ones that I feel like fall into the same category, right? Number 13 that year was Godzilla. The 2014 Godzilla. Um, It made 200... This is uh, the the United States gross. Not the worldwide gross. The United States gross. Godzilla made 200.6 million that year. Came in number 13 in the box office. So number 41 was Annabelle. And it made 84.2 million. Number 47, The Purge Anarchy. Made seventy one point nine million. 
number 57, Dracula Untold, made $56.2 million. Uh, number 63, Ouija, made $50.8 million. Number 88, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, made $32.4 million. Uh, number 93, Deliver Us From Evil, made $30.5 million. And then number 96 was Oculus, made $27.6 million. So that's just your 2014 horror snapshot there. All in all, just naming off some of those movies that I just named off, I don't think it was a, a great, great year for horror, though. No, no, not too <laughs> I mean, there's a couple no, of those that are pretty good, but... Yeah, yeah. Hell, I, I hadn't even gotten around still to watching uh, Dracula Untold. Not that I don't Man, think I'm missing too much. Me either. Like I remember at the time I wanted to see it, and then I just heard so yeah, many yeah. shitting on it. I was like, you know what? I'll just yeah. I'll get around to that one of these days, and just never watched it. So best I could tell, this movie was shot like late January into March of 2014. So this was a pretty quick turnaround. And you talk about the low budget and the practical effects and all that. Obviously, not another, not a lot of post production since it came out in October of the same year. It stars Annabelle Wallace, which I thought was ironic, as Mia, you know, the mom, the mostly haunted chick during the whole movie. Um, really, the only other thing I think most people would probably anyone would probably know her from is the remake of The Mummy that came out in 2017. It also stars Ward Horton as John, that's her husband, um, and he was in a bu- he's been in a bunch of TV shows and. And a handful of little smaller movies and stuff. But uh, he had a pretty good long run on uh, the soap opera One Life to Live. So that's probably about the only thing other than this that anyone would possibly know him from, honestly. Tony Amendola as Father Perez. And this dude has been on like every TV show made (laughs) since the early 80s. Uh, I think he had the longest run he had on TV was the show Stargate SG-1. I think he was on just about, you know, most of that or a good portion of it at least. And apparently he played a he had a role in the movie uh, back in the nineties, The Mask of Zorro. And I'm sure there's plenty of other things that you know I just don't have time to go down the list. But yeah, he he was in a bunch of stuff in the all through the eighties and nineties and two thousands. Um, and probably the biggest name as far as uh, this cast is concerned, yeah. Alfred. As far as veteran actors, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, him and uh, Alfred Woodard as Evelyn. You know, the lady that uh, I guess I assume she owns the bookstore. That kind of helps them later on. Yeah, she's been in a ton of TV shows and movies. Once again, just about everything, every TV show since the late 70s, she's had a bit role in it. Uh, she was in the movie 12 Years a Slave, and uh, she was also recently in that show uh, on Netflix, Luke Cage, the Marvel show. Oh. Um, so, she, But she's been in a ton of stuff, movies, TV, I mean, you name it, she's, she dipped her toes in it. She was even in uh, Captain America Civil War, uh, among a ton of other things. Um... It was directed by John R. Leonetti. Now, from what I can tell, he's mostly known as a cinematographer, but he's pretty much had his hands, you know, on other parts of The Conjuring. I think he was the director of photography on The Conjuring and then directed this movie. I mean, just I'm just going brief, uh, just briefly going through the list here. He, he uh, cinematographer on Child's Play Three, uh, Will's favorite movie, Hot Shots Part Two. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Like, over a dozen episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Spy Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Joe Dirt. Uh, I mean, yeah, just there's tons here. Uh, Piranha 3D. Insidious. <laughs> um, like I said, The Conjuring. Insidious Chapter 2. The show Sleepy Hollow. And uh, so he's, I think he's mostly known as a cinematographer because as far as directing-wise, this was pretty much the biggest one he'd, he'd ever done. Other than Mortal Kombat Annihilation, everyone's favorite sequel. (laughs) It was written by Gary Dauberman, who uh, 
has has uh, wrote all three Annabelle movies: Annabelle, Annabelle Creation, and the new one about to come out, Annabelle Comes Home. Um, he is also one of the writers, or the uh, I guess screenplay or whatever of both it movies you know the new ones not the old tim curry one but the new one the uh, chapter one i guess what they're i guess they'll go back and call it in chapter two coming out Mm -hmm. uh later this year 2019 uh he also wrote the nun so i mean he's he's all about the conjuring universe and handful of other things um it was produced by peter saffron who uh is one, one of the producers of the conjuring universe and he also produced aquaman came out late 2018 and of course, James Wan, who's like—I guess—he's kind of like almost like the Godfather of the Conjuring universe because he directed the first Conjuring movie and he's been a producer on all the rest. And same deal. And he also did Saw like that too, and Insidious. Mm. I think he's kind of like the Godfather of all those franchises. Yeah. Like he kind of starts and he actually, them and then someone takes off from there. Yeah, but he actually did direct one scene. I think in the Conjuring, I was, I was reading about was uh, the, the elevator scene. <laughs> you mean um, Annabelle? In Annabelle? I mean, in Annabelle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Annabelle. He directed the elevator scene, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. And you want to talk about cheap, practical, not, I wouldn't even necessarily call it an effect, but a cheap trick, right? <laughs> <laughs> this thing's moving. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and then open the door and, oh, shit. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> and speaking of, I mean, we'll probably get to it during the, the scene by scene part, but. One uh, one of the things that really strikes me in there too is like Will was saying as far as being practical and not and they could have used CGI but didn't. I mean, not that they would need to because it works better as a practical effect anyway. Was when the younger Annabelle that she was seeing visions of mm-hmm. was running towards her when she was in the room and the door was kind of closing and then as soon as yeah. the door then, closed on her and opened, then it's yeah Annabelle older yeah <laughs> and then it pops back and it's the older yeah yeah that was a cool little effect and very very effective in the theater. As far as jump scare, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, clearly, that's what this movie is aiming for too. Is like the dark yeah. theater jump scares, you know. Yeah. Now, the only thing they missed, the only thing that was missing in this one was the cat. Yeah. Jumping out, some, <laughs> you know, somehow. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Out of a closet <laughs> or cat. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, they pretty much nailed the the <laughs> usual bits. Um, on IMDb, it got five point four out of ten stars, so that's not great. That's a little over fifty percent, but that's not great. On Rotten Tomatoes, even worse. <laughs> the tomato meter, it only got 29%, and that's out of 129 reviews. And the audience score, not much better, 36%. So, you know, even though it made a ton of dough, you know, I, I critically, I don't think it was necessarily uh, well-received. So the IMDb synopsis is, a couple begins to experience terrifying supernatural occurrences involving a vintage doll shortly after their home is invaded by satanic cultists. Anything you guys want to add before we before we dive in? Uh, well, my for me that I had, uh, I don't know if y'all heard about the Warrens or anything before seeing well for, before for Will before seeing Annabelle or for you before seeing The Conjuring. But mm-hmm. I remember back in the I guess it was late eighties early nineties. I I tried to find tried to dig this book name up on like Amazon or Google because I can't remember the title of it. But I had this paperback and it was a collection of I guess occult-related supernatural events and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a... It wasn't all about the Warrens, but there was a story in there about the true events of Annabelle. So, but somehow, it had kind of like gone to the back of my mind, I guess, after reading it back then. Mm-hmm. Until I saw The Conjuring, and then... then that, and I didn't really read that much about The Conjuring before I saw it. So, I, mean, I didn't read the background on it or anything. Mm. But uh, 
but it started connecting dots, and I'm like, oh, okay. So then I went back. Still can't find the name of that book. Wish I could, but. I actually have, have read uh, since The Conjuring, you know, in the last couple of years. So I actually did read uh, their one of their books that they came out with. The Warrens came out with called mm-hmm. it Ghost Hunters, oh, okay. where, they, where they basically kind of give their you know little case file accounts of uh, some yep. of these things that they've done over the years, like an encounter with Bigfoot and some other things that you know that, <laughs> that they claim. Oh, I mean, they, they're across the board, man. I mean, like they. I think that's going to be the Conjuring Universe movies, Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? It turns out the animated uh, movie Littlefoot or Little Feet is actually <laughs> part of the Conjuring user. Small you know it, but Father Perez Small is in the scene of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome if he's the tie that binds everything. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you make a comedy movie of, that has nothing to do with anything supernatural, and he's just standing in the background. So now it's part of like, the Conjuring. Universe. I know these people. I could get you in contact with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> May God have mercy on your souls. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So, uh, oh, also too. Uh, before we go into it, um, wasn't the original Annabelle uh, like a Raggedy Ann doll? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. what I read. Yeah. 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 Like it's not. It's not like this uh, creepy, uh, yeah. nasty-looking porcelain <laughs> wooden doll. Whatever the hell she is. <laughs> And then I know people were saying that too in the whenever the movies were coming out. Why hasn't he? I mean, you can't do a movie with the Raggedy Ann dolls, Annabelle. First of all, it wouldn't it wouldn't scare a lot of people. I mean, it could be scary. It's not I guess, scary. In the context of what the <laughs> the real one would be, maybe if you are that you know yeah. person. Yeah. But in a movie, you know, and then I think in the you know, of course, the people that make the Raggedy Ann, I don't know what yeah, the company. Yeah, there you go. Is. It's not going to be too good of a commercial for their product, you know. That's the more important uh, point right <laughs> yeah. there is that they're not going to yeah. allow the Raggedy Ann doll to be a. Literally, uh, the conduit for a demon. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they don't want that information out there. I don't know. I mean, is sales for Raggedy Ann that high right now? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I'm sure they've got, I've shown. I'm sure they've blown their wad on the uh, the peak sales of Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy dolls. But uh, <laughs> I mean, this might be a comeback. Yeah, I guess. I think. I'll tell you what, we found one in the thrift store and just had to buy it simply because of the Conjuring connection alone, like a giant Raggedy Ann doll. So it's you know, like... I don't. I, you're you're more brave than I am, sir. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I'd tempt fate, brother. I don't. I don't I'm not going to buy a Raggedy Ann doll for those purposes, and I'm not going to play with a Ouija board. You know, like I'm going to hedge. I'm going to hedge my bets. Well, what we did was put the Raggedy Ann doll in the room, and then we got a Ouija board. Got yeah, some okay. candy. No. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> then we got some ashes, put them in a circle, made a star. It was all crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was a crazy yeah. night. I, I called that a Friday night. I don't know if we'll be doing this podcast anymore. Um, smoke might be burning in hell soon from uh, playing around. Uh, so you never know, especially from a Goodwill. I mean, who knows? What... <laughs> this thing's haunting me. I'm just going to drop it off at Goodwill. <laughs> well, I hear you, but you could also go to a store. I mean, look at uh, look at Chucky if you're going to start believing all of this. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, which is just came out too. I think I didn't mention that, and I didn't see it yet, but I didn't mention that in the movies too that we had seen. But that's one I want to get to as well, regardless of what of yeah, what it the, you know being a remake and everything. But the only thing I uh, that I have thought this whole time, like you know, leading up to ch- the new Child's Play coming out, that was clever mm-hmm. was that there. They had like a little uh, poster campaign 
where they had different uh, yeah, the Toy Story reference. Chuck, yeah, Chucky like uh, <laughs> massacring the Toy Story characters. <laughs> that was pretty. Cool. Apparently, Disney didn't. Apparently, Disney came with it some kind of comeback too. And I forget, I'm sure. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Actually, I'm not sure if Disney did that or like just some fan oh, did that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, where it was like uh, all the Toy Story toys, like uh, you know, kicking the shit out of Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So, all right, with all that, uh, let's go into the blow-by-blow. So the movie starts, you know, the Warner Brother logo and all that, New Line Cinema and all that, and then it, then the black screen with the words come up. The screen reads, Since the beginning of civilization, dolls have been beloved by children cherished by collectors and used in religious rites as conduits for good and evil. Um, and then, like I mentioned uh, a little while ago, it's got this, pretty much the same exact opening scene from The Conjuring, where the two nurses and a guy are sitting on the couch talking to uh, the Warrens about Annabelle, you know, about how they've been freaked out by it or whatever. So they're, they're dropping it off with them. And then you see the opening title screen of Annabelle. And then at the bottom of the screen or in the middle of the screen, whatever, it says Santa Monica, California, one year earlier. Now, where I get that that year thing from was in The Conjuring. I, if I'm not mistaken, The Conjuring was in, like supposed to be in 1968 when they would have dropped the doll off. I assume oh. maybe I'm maybe I'm getting the timeline all screwed up here. That's one thing I meant to do, and I didn't get any chance because, uh, unfortunately, I've been working on the overnight schedule. But I wanted to look up the the timeline of not not the chronology of release, which you know we went over, but mm -hmm. the actual timeline of events as they relate to each you know. Yeah, yeah, Universe movie, but because that especially gets thicker, more into the movies you get because you eventually see in Annabelle creation how they start tying even more things together, mm. flipping you back around and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, chronologically. So um, the Conjuring Year of Story is nineteen seventy one. Yeah, okay. but I, I believe it's oh. 19, I believe it's nineteen sixty nine when the nurses. That drop, scene, that one scene, that one scene where the nurses are giving the Warrens that okay. doll, because mm. in the Conjuring it says like uh, you see that scene, then it says two years later. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, after the beginning scene. Yeah. So like I said, once again, I mean, it's probably reading too much into things, but to me though, like if you're going to start putting dates on everything like this, you need to stay consistent <laughs> with it, right? Like, yeah. It all needs to make sense, so you can like, okay, yeah, now I get it. This happened. This happened. This happened. You know, because people like us are going to come back and talk about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I think one of the other things I think has happened is that they didn't probably didn't know exactly how big this thing was going to get. I'm sure, and I'm, they did. And you're, you're probably right. I mean, like when The Conjuring came out, like I, I remember uh, it being like you know something that was anticipated. But mm -hmm. I think it kind of, I think it was one of those movies, and, and this is without looking it up, that probably actually made more money week two, week three, yeah. you know, than it did before. <laughs> it it probably grew, yeah, it probably grew after that. Yeah, so you're probably right. They didn't know it was going to be as, as successful as it was, and that they would have to go back and retcon this crap one day. You know, 
especially still, now. Especially it, it wouldn't now, have been too like, difficult, though. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Just go back and watch the first movie and remember your timeline. So, yeah, so it says Santa Monica, California, one year earlier. And then you're introduced to John and Mia, the two main characters, and they're in church listening to uh, who you later become to find out the, 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 the his name is Father Perez. I guess he's like the, uh, I don't know what you would call him. He's, the, uh, he's a priest, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's the Catholic Church. Yeah, so he's a priest. Yeah, Catholic priest. Um, Father Perez. And then, like, they go outside and they meet up with uh, what you eventually find out of their neighbors, uh, a man named Pete and uh, a lady named Sharon Higgins, um, who I guess they rode to church together with. And, you know, you kind of infer other things, like Mia is pregnant, so they're talking about, like, what's, what's the baby's name going to be? You know, just, just regular banter back and forth or whatever. So they go on home. They're sitting there, you know, John and Mia are in the house, and they're, uh, uh, you know, kind of both doing their own things. And then there's a report on the TV about the Manson family. So she's kind of freaked out by it and wants to, like, start locking the door and stuff like that. And you also find out during this time that John, her husband, John, is a doctor, and he's in uh, residency. Um, so that's kind of setting the scene for what's going on here with this with this family. They kind of get into a little mini argument, and like as an apology, uh, John pulls out a gift that he was going to wait to give to her, but he decides to give to her now. And it she opens it opens the box up, and it's the Annabelle doll. Looking as freaky as she is, um, and this was before she was possessed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just a creepy looking doll in general. Um, it's definitely one of those ones that you wouldn't want sitting in your room staring at you as you sleep. You know, like you're gonna turn the head around or some shit. <laughs> Which is why this is the one out of the collection she didn't have. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that later on that night, they're they're asleep in bed, and then uh, it kind of the shot kind of like you see them laying in the bed, and then it kind of you look over into the you can see the neighbor's window next door. They cut on the light. They're kind of yelling back and forth, and all of a sudden, like blood splatters against the wall, and. Uh, then a dude runs into the room and like uh, attacks the uh, the lady Sharon, and uh, then the light goes out. That's pretty much right when Mia wakes up and because she heard a scream. And, Which, by the way, is probably a good time to mention if, that they were talking about the Manson family and everything, and then yeah, coincidental that the neighbor's name is Sharon, is in like Sharon Tate from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you basically see them being murdered next door. Uh, Mia wakes John up. You know, he goes over there to look. He comes out when he's got blood on him. And Mia run, and he tells me to like run back in the house and call the cops. And as she's on the phone, a woman walks by in the background, like in the back room, and uh, but she's unaware of that and goes in there and gets Annabelle. Like right, did she grab the doll or something and walk out? Yeah, um, the, she grabbed the doll and said, uh, "I like your doll." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's kind of standing there like, "What the hell?" And then uh, the the crazy dude, you know, that was over there next door murdering uh, the the neighbors, walks in and he he grabs a hold of Mia and like kind of. Stabs her in the side of the stomach. Now remember, she's pregnant. And then John comes running in and fights the dude. And then the cops bust in and shoot the guy dead. And then you see uh, the girl that had bust into the house sitting in the nursery room holding Annabelle. And she had committed suicide. Looked like she had slit her throat. And there's like this kind of a weird looking A symbol written on the wall beside her in blood. And then uh, you notice too, like the blood drips off of her. The, the girl that has killed herself. She's kind of leaned over Annabelle. The blood drips on onto Annabelle, and then like it looks like the blood just kind of goes inside of her eye and gets soaked up. Like, mmm, <laughs> <laughs> blood, sacrificial blood, just what I was looking for. That's right. <laughs> so, as if I wasn't creepy enough. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> now I'm drinking blood. <laughs> and it's the one time you can actually drop blood on something and it doesn't stain. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was Fitz Annabelle, yes. <laughs> right. no, she, she is a demon, so let's put it in perspective here, guys. Um, <laughs> and then, like, he, Which, they, they, they kind of explain things a little bit. Like, you, you're, it's like you're watching, like, a, uh, some snippets of a television report. And it turns out that uh, the, the crazy girl that, had, uh, went over, that was uh, the Higgins, it was the Higgins' estranged daughter, Annabelle Higgins. And uh, I guess they kind of question whether it was like a ritual killing or something for a cult, something like that. And uh, so you go to the hospital and it turns out Mia and the baby are fine, you know, which, you know, that was a pretty fucked up scene, getting stabbed into the pregnant belly. There was a couple of scenes like that so that are really disturbing if... Uh, if you have kids and stuff, you know. Very uh, reminiscent of, of the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and this, this was one of them. So, like, then there's a sewing machine in the house, and, like, it just all of a sudden starts running by itself. John goes in there and, and like, unplugs it to cut it off, and then he finds uh, Annabelle doll, like, in the floor. So then he just puts it in the rocking chair. Then the next morning, the rocking chair is just sitting there rocking by itself. So Mia kind of walks around the corner, doesn't see that, but then, like, at this point now, like, you know, now that she's back at the house, she's just kind of freaked out by the whole situation. And uh, she doesn't really want Annabelle being around anymore. I guess it just reminds her of the whole thing. So John takes it out and throws it away. So then, like, Detective, is, his name is Detective Clark, and he visits and talks to them about the murders, you know, with the questions or whatever. And she's basically, yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear anything more about it anymore. So then a little bit later on, her husband, John, he leaves for a conference. So, he, so it, it sets up the fact that he's out of town. Mia's sitting there sewing. And, uh, of course, you knew this was coming when that they were setting up the fact that she was going to be sewing all the time. That eventually yeah. she was going to stick her damn finger in that, <laughs> yes. you know. <laughs> yeah, because I think the very first scene earlier on, when they first show the sewing machine, she's, like, sewing. And, they, and the way they show, you know, it's, like, full frame right there and the, with the do 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 sound. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you're expecting, so it's, as you it's, would if you see a sewing machine in a horror movie, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At some um, point. So, so like I said, she sticks her finger under there and like uh, it stabs her. So she's cut. So she goes into the bathroom to rinse it off. Meanwhile, there's some uh, popcorn, like one of those old, uh, what do they call those? The the pop stove it? pop stove pop, jiffy yeah, pop like, jiffy pop jiffy, jiffy pop, pop. Yeah. yeah like one of those old school jiffy pop popcorn things <laughs> sitting on the stove from the night before where he didn't. He didn't uh, make the pot. He ended up not making the popcorn, so he left it sitting there. And then all of a sudden, of course, all the eyes of the stove get cut on supernaturally. Supernaturally, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the popcorn. And it's kind of funny in this. It's kind of funny in this movie how some things happen supernaturally, but then other things you see like the spirit of whatever walk over and do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah but if you notice, like you don't really there, there's like a there's a point in the movie I guess where you start to see it. You know, like. At first, you're not seeing anything. You're just like, what the hell is going on? You know, all these yeah. weird things, but you're not actually seeing it happen until a little bit later on. Then, like you said, now you're seeing the demon or whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess just because it's progressively getting worse. Um, but, yeah, this popcorn is there. All the eyes cut on, and it catches fire. And, like, immediately, like, the whole kitchen kitchen's, like, covered in gasoline. It just instant blaze from this Jiffy Pop. And uh, she smells the burning, finally goes in there, and, like, she's freaking out. And she, she's leaving the room, like, she's in the living room or something, so she falls down, like, trying to get out. And then all of a sudden, something grabs a hold of her and, like, tries to pull her back into the kitchen where it's on fire. Well, I thought it was funny, like, like, like here's a pregnant lady running away. Here, I'm going to fall directly on my, onto my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> that has been stabbed. Yeah. yeah. Insult to injury. Yeah. Um, then all of a sudden, just some random people, like you don't really see them. It's kind of the fuzzy haze thing, blur. Uh, but a, a few, handful of people bust in, I guess, because the house is on fire to save her. They get her out. So then John, who has who, been at this conference, he arrived at the hospital. And apparently, 
she had the baby. So I'm guessing because she, <laughs> so I'm guessing because she fell down on her stomach, they're just like, look, you know, you're really trying to uh, fuck this up. We're just gonna take this baby out of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, using the, the logic of a water balloon, if you hit the stomach, the baby shoots out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it lands right into a platoon <laughs> on the other side of the room. So, yeah, they've had the baby, but now she's uh, officially freaked out. She's like, look, I'm not going back to that uh, house. Sorry, right, you don't have to. We're, you know, assuming you're going to get a new place. So now a little bit of time has passed, and now they're, uh, they got an apartment, and it said Pasadena. So now they've moved from Santa Monica to Pasadena, California, which I'm assuming those two cities are fairly close to each other. I don't know. Are they? Yeah, I I'm not sure either. How close yeah, they yeah, are. I, mean, I, ge- I yeah. don't know. I don't know the geography of California yeah. all too well, but I'm assuming that they're fairly close to each other. The reason I say that is because now they're at the back at the same church with Father Perez. So yeah. I'm going to assume that <laughs> they didn't go too far. <laughs> yeah, Santa Monica and Pasadena must be fairly close to one another. So yeah, they're at church with uh, Father. You know, listening to Father Perez, and then uh, she's sitting outside with the baby, and then Father Perez comes out and wants to take a picture of her holding the baby. You know, just more introducing that relationship between them. So by the way, it's, the, it's 41 minutes away. Oh, okay. Pasadena and Santa Monica. Oh. So I guess, you know, that's yeah. that's doable if, like, you assume that this church is somewhere in between, right? So <laughs> it'd only be like a 20 or 30 minute ride either way. I don't know. Once once again, overthinking it. So now they're back at the apartment and, uh, you know, and they're unpacking the boxes and stuff. And Mia opens up one of the boxes and Annabelle's in there. But she decides to, like, keeper even though john's like hey i threw it away you want me to go toss it no 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 it's fine you know we'll keep her now i'm gonna look past something clearly spooky yeah and it's and it's now <laughs> dirtier than it was before so clearly this thing drug itself out of the trash can and, <laughs> and found its way into your shit back to pasadena i'm getting ready and don't seem yeah you don't seem too overly concerned about that really no no, no. But you just set it back in the room and <laughs> she's just like no no it doesn't bother me anymore we, we can keep it this is when it should bother you lady <laughs> no no we clearly just heard a uh, sermon about we need to face our fears yeah that's right <laughs> Mia's taking a nap a little bit later on and then you see uh, a girl walk by in the back room and then all of a sudden it cuts back to all of a sudden this lady is standing over the baby in the living room now Mia's asleep during this but the baby kind of cries out she wakes her up but obviously this uh this ghost or whatever the hell it is it's gone she's going out I guess to get some groceries or something whatever she's going out to do, run some errands and there's these kids and the uh like on the stairwell, and uh, I call them the stranger danger kids because <laughs> basically, like the, the one brother won't let won't let her his sister talk to her because she's a stranger or whatever. Which I guess was only to set up what happens when she comes back, because you never see anything more about these kids ever again, do you? No, yeah, no, that was it. <laughs> it was basically just to set up what happens when she comes back. So while she's out, she uh, goes to this bookstore and she meets uh, the lady that I guess owns the place. Her name's Evelyn. They introduce each other, and all right, now she's into the story. She comes home, like I said, to find one of these, uh, these Stranger Danger kids' drawings laying on the uh, steps. And it's of uh, Mia pushing the baby carriage. So, oh, that's nice. You know, look what they left. You know, and they, took a, they drew a little picture of us. And then she walks up the steps a little bit. And now there's another picture. And it's, you can see a truck coming down the road, getting a little closer. She picks up like two or three more of these pictures. And then eventually... It's uh, it's the truck running over the baby carriage and her standing there screaming because the baby's dead. So it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. So she addresses this with her husband and he's like, you know, look, if we want to go talk to him, you know, let's just leave it be. You know, it's just kids being weird, whatever. Uh, so tomorrow night we'll have a, a dinner, just me and you, you know, an adult time. 
So then it goes to, of course, the next night. He's not there. I guess he's had to work late. So she's just sitting there eating dinner alone. And she's got a record playing. That song, Cherish. Yeah, the association, I think. Did yeah, I the associate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a deep pull, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so that's playing. So she's like, all right, well, he's not coming home. So I'm shutting it down. So she goes over and stops the record. And she's like putting the dishes away. And all of a sudden, the record player, the arm moves and starts playing the song again really loud. And she's like, what the hell? You know, and then she, I guess she goes over there to stop it. She looks out the window and then something like knocks her down. Like, I guess like a rush of wind, like, <sighs> Bowls her over. She falls down. And then all of a sudden, like a, you know, six or seven year old girl runs by, like in a nightgown, just runs past her. Then she goes, this is what you were talking about earlier. She goes into the room, see what's going on. I guess she's kind of chasing this around. And all of a sudden she sees the little girl standing in the other room. Then the girl starts running toward her. The door kind of shuts a little bit and it opens back up. And then she's a full grown adult running at her screaming. And then she just disappears. So this is when they decide to go to Father Perez and talk to him about this, you know, for counsel and tell him, like, there's some weird shit going down. Um, Which I find odd that they, they use that term to a preacher. Yeah. Look, <laughs> look, Father, there's some weird shits going down. <laughs> Do tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Satan. That's all I said. <laughs> all right, then. Well, I'll call the Vatican. Were they Catholic? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm, getting that. I'm, I'm just going to assume. <laughs> I don't know if they actually ever said that. <laughs> Especially after watching the first Conjuring movie where this, this is a situation and like uh, they actually have to get in touch with the Vatican for something. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, well, I'm, not, I'm not up to date on my religious artifacts, but he did have a uh, rosary bead in his car. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna take a leap forward and say they were Catholics. Okay. Well, going um, if you jump to La Llorona, where Father Perez, of course, was in it, mm-hmm. then it, then it was Catholic. <laughs> yeah. And nuns and are and nuns are usually Catholic, yeah, right? That's, that's true. Yeah, I guess yeah. So. yeah. Anyways, uh, once again, like they're going, they're coming out of the church after they've met with Father Perez, and there's Evelyn. She's you know, I guess she's going in. So they talk to her briefly. She, Mia introduces her to John, whatever. So once again, you know. It's, She's part of the group here. Then, uh, cut to, I guess, later on or next day, Mia is, uh, she goes down to the storage basement, storage unit floor of the apartment building where, like, I guess each apartment has its own little storage cubicle, I guess. Yeah, this, is what that's actually not, uh, when I was living in Charlotte, the last, last apartment complex I was living in, there was, we had to actually have one. And now it didn't look as ornate <laughs> because this building wasn't built back in whatever, you know, because yeah, this movie yeah. was like 1960-something. The building's obviously from, the 40s or 50s maybe but, or something yeah, but it didn't look like cool, but it did have that though that we actually had you know basement level storage units that we and, could use. and maybe that's something common in like a, an apartment building like that i've just never lived in, yeah. in like a you know a multi-story apartment building like yeah that. i but, never did either before that um so yeah there's like a storage floor or whatever where these little storage units are in and she's down there messing around with stuff and then all you know probably uh, 100 foot away or so down the hallway, a baby carriage rolls out by itself and then she starts hearing a baby screaming and crying. So she goes back, you know, she kind of slowly walks over there with the, with the flashlight to look. She gets over to it and then there's like a bloody sheet in there. And uh, she goes to like pull the sheet back and all of a sudden a black hand, like a ghoul hand, grabs her arm. So obviously she's screaming and freaking out. And it, uh, she runs back to the elevator and closes the door, and there's like a, that A symbol, that same A symbol that was written on the wall when that girl committed suicide toward the beginning of the movie is like cut into her arm. She's in the elevator, the door's closed, when she realizes the door's open, and she's still on the same floor. 
She's like, what the hell? She hits the button. Doors close. You know, she's kind of panting and standing there. The door's open. She's still on the same floor. So she's like, what the shit? You know, now she's really freaking out. So she closes the door again, opens. She's still on the same floor. And this is where I just mentally check out and just die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I clearly feel the elevator moving, I assume. And then when I open the door, I'm still on the same floor. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably... I, it's not going to be me running around. It's probably just going to be me standing there in a pile of my own shit. <laughs> so at this point, like, all right, clearly this elevator isn't going to take me upstairs. So she sees the exit sign, makes a run for it, runs up the steps. And then she sees like this demon black ghoul chasing after her going up the steps. But she makes it back to the house. Um, then like uh, she's kind of sitting there dazed and she looks down. She's got a bandage on her arm. She takes the bandage off and that A symbol that was cutting her arm is completely gone. Like nothing ever happened. That's when I assume she calls Detective Clarkin over to the house just to ask him about the Higgins case. You know, even though she says she didn't want to hear any more about it. Now, obviously, this weird shit's been going on. She wants to hear more about it. So he, he tells her a little bit more about it, shows her some pictures and stuff. And they said it was a cult and they call themselves the Disciples of the Ram. So then she decides to go to the bookstore, I guess, to look up some more information on this and figure out what the hell's going on. And then Evelyn says, all right, you know, I'll help you. And she kind of explains the situation and helps her find some books and stuff like that. And they talk about demons and all of this. She's going back to the apartment, wherever she has the stroller with the baby and everything. And she's getting her stuff together, getting her keys, whatever she's doing. You know, she's, she's messing around with something. And the way they shot this, it looks like the stroller, the stroller just kind of slowly rolls backwards by itself and rolls into traffic. And then just get smashed by a truck. So you're like, oh my God, the baby just got nailed by a truck. Jesus Christ. And then it cuts back and she's holding the baby. Can you, you imagine the uh, dump truck drivers, you know, what's going through his head? Oh, <laughs> geez. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine? No. That baby was made out of books. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this. I like killed that. a book, baby. <laughs> I had, it was probably the only one. <laughs> so rare. I'm sure it was unique. Rare books. Um, and it's filled with satanic worship books. <laughs> I'm fucked now. <laughs> to kind of step away from that for a second. <laughs> All right. So the, 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 the truck driver, I'm sure, you know, after this gets out, he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to start picking up these books. Satan worship, say, what the hell is this woman doing? (laughs) (laughs) But obviously you see none of the aftermath of this. It's just like that happens. She's breathing a sigh of relief and then on to the next scene. But yeah, that's that's what that's the uncut stuff they left on the editing floor version. (laughs) We should start making a little that that, uh, baby cart is very much like the one from Rosemary's Baby, which has does have to do with yeah. (laughs) I can tell you right now this movie. This movie feels a lot like Rosemary's Baby in a lot of places. True, yeah. The apartment building. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of places. I think, uh, matter of fact, if I recall, the first time around I was watching this, I'm like, man, are they straight up just going to go Rosemary's Baby in this mug, like, toward the end here? (laughs) Hell, and her name is Mia. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's tons of... uh, This movie definitely felt like they took uh, the best of... uh, uh, a lot of other horror movies and kind of put them together here. You know, there, I'm sure there's a few others we can compare it to, um, but it definitely felt Rosemary's Baby to me. So uh, in the scene that we we're just talking about before that, I mean, you know, the baby carriage is obviously what was that tealish color or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But just the the shape of it was very much like the one in Rosemary's Baby. But then when she oh, was yeah. on on the basement floor, it was black. <laughs> so it was definitely. 
Yeah. Then you can't, you know, can't ignore the That's the, the evil symbolism there. carriage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, it seems like the, the, the other one would have been the evil one since it was actually rolling and trying to kill the baby. <laughs> no, everybody knows two things make you evil. Either the color black. Yes. Or a goatee. One or the other. Oh, I'm fucking. God. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> a goatee. Instant evil. <laughs> I'm, I've got a goatee and wearing a black shirt. <laughs> so uh, Mia's back home and she's kind of studying the books, you know, these, these Satan books that she's got. And she hears a noise and she uh, goes into the nursery and she leaves the baby there in the living room. And once she's in the nursery, the uh, door shut. And then uh, books, like the baby sitting in front of a bookcase, and books start falling like all around the baby. So you're assuming like one of these books is going to nail the baby upside the head, or the whole shelf's going to come down and crush the baby. Yeah, and the baby's the looking around like, "What the fuck?" Every book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What? <laughs> this baby is an excellent actor. <laughs> it actually reacts to books falling on the ground. <laughs> and on top of this, man, th- this woman should not be a mother. She should not have that child. <laughs> like, like, like her yeah, husband's like having she... to work. Yeah, yeah. She's leaving she this kid the alone baby. constantly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. When she goes down to the storage unit. Exactly. <laughs> oh, the baby's I, asleep. I'll just lock the door. Look, man, the 60s were a different time. I get it, but man. <laughs> were they that different? I don't know if I'm leaving a newborn sitting around by itself. <laughs> I would go back to the very beginning of the movie whenever the, the, the cult broke into the house next door, and they obviously mm-hmm. know something's wrong, yet you know he runs off somewhere to see whatever's going on she comes back in the house and leaves the door open to begin with yeah, yeah. <laughs> after some possible murder has gotten in the next door you know yeah after her husband has run out covered in blood yeah you know. yeah let me just run back in the house don't close the locked door or anything or worry about what may or may not be in here already yeah yeah <laughs> part of the training in the occult is the ninja arts <laughs> yeah, I definitely did notice the baby, like her leaving the baby everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it stuck out in that storage scene. Where even that before, any, even before anything happened, like so, she's going all the way down this elevator into that storage room, and she's just carrying a few cardboard boxes. Like, can't you just could... like leave that shit by the door or throw it in a trash can until your husband comes home? <laughs> yeah. No, no, got to go put it in the storage unit, and then I'm going to stand there and mill around in the storage <laughs> unit looking for nothing. <laughs> but she's not looking at anything particular but anyway that's a tangent um, so she uh, the, the books are falling all around the baby and uh, she finally gets out of the room and grabs the baby and then she looks across the room and Annabelle sits like Annabelle wasn't Annabelle in the room with her now all of a sudden it's sitting in the living room I believe and it sits up like, oh yeah, it, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> so she was behind the door and then Annabelle got dropped right in front of the door where she yeah, couldn't yeah, see yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she was down on the floor looking under the door at the, at the books falling yeah. around her baby. So then, like, Annabelle just falls out of nowhere, like, looking into the do- back under the door at her. She freaks out, gets out of the room, goes in there, grabs the baby, and then, she, like I said, she looks across, and the Annabelle doll sitting in the living room, and then it sets up, like, Undertaker in the WWE <laughs> style, sets up, <laughs> and, then, and then starts to levitate. Yeah, and then and then as you get closer, you see there's like a demon standing there holding it. So that's when she's like, ah, screams, and uh, as we all would. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I wouldn't scream. I'd probably just die right then. I see a real demon. <laughs> <laughs> and then death. Instant yeah. death. 
Um, but then uh, John arrives, so you know, I guess all is well. Like he doesn't see anything, but you know, now now everything's this moment has passed. So, um, so then they call uh, Father Perez, and he shows up, and then they catch him up on what what's been going on. So you know, basically, yeah, this <laughs> he quickly comes to the conclusion this doll is evil, and decides to take it. Uh, I'll take it home, or I'll take it back to the church with me, where it'll be safe. So he's driving down the road with uh, with Annabelle in the back seat, and you can clear you can clearly tell things are a little weird, like the radio's going out and stuff. And the way they and the way this was filmed, you almost feel like a Mack truck's gonna fly through and like <laughs> T bone him, or or he's gonna be messing around with the radio and fly off the bridge or something. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, no, nothing happens. He gets to the church safely with the doll. Well, and it's always funny in movies like. They're going down the road. Oh, I need to uh, talk to the person in the back or play with the radio or something. Mm-hmm. And for it feels like two minutes. They're just looking away from the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And sometimes they really are. Sometimes you see some of those scenes in movies. They are just having a full-on conversation, looking at each other and everything, and like the wheels going back left and right, left and right. Yeah, yeah. And on the wheel. bit <laughs> all over the road. In this particular instance, the way they were doing it, you just felt like something was about to happen. Like yeah. either. Either he's going to run into a brick wall, run off the bridge, another car is going to hit him. Something. I was but, expecting the ghost to be standing in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah, something. But no, no, he makes it to the yeah. church fine. And then the ghost or the demon attacks um, right as he's literally about to walk into the uh, church. Yeah. Um, and then like, he's like, ha you didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he basically just gets, gets like uh, lifted up and thrown. He just gets flung across the sidewalk. And uh, then there's the uh, the creepy woman, I guess the the ghost of uh, Annabelle Higgins or whatever, right? She's sitting in the back seat of the car. He's like, "What the hell?" And tries to go into the church and then gets flung backwards. And yeah. then, like, I guess it Got cracks his head. yeah, it gets it cracks his head open or something because there's a little pool of blood next to him. And then she just walks up and picks Annabelle up and walks away. So then it cuts back to uh, Mia, she, she, her and the baby. Now she's with Evelyn. So I guess like uh, Evelyn is now. Uh, you know, going to watch after me with the baby. I guess if somebody's there with, uh, with her and, uh, John is at the hospital working a shift or whatever. And then he happens to see that father Perez is there. So he's sitting next to his bed, you know, wait for him to wake up to ask what happened. And then that's when Evelyn kind of tells her backstory of the fact that she had a daughter. Uh, and then, uh, I guess what she fell asleep at the wheel or something like that. And her daughter got killed. Kind of, kind of what I gather from the tale. Yeah. That she, you know, spins, and uh, so, like, she feels horrible for this, and I guess at some point tried to kill herself over it because she felt it fall. So I guess that's just the thing that she's been wrestling with in her life. Um, so then eventually, back at the hospital, Father Perez wakes up, asks where Annabelle is, and he goes, well, I thought you took it. It's like, no, I don't know where it went, basically, and uh, that uh, it's a demon and that it's going to take the baby's soul. And then, and then I guess this is where they come to the conclusion that, like, because they say something like a, uh, a demon can't take a soul. It has to be given to the demon, right? So yeah. now they're all now they're both you know John's freaking out like oh shit maybe you know something's gonna happen with me and the baby now because it wants the baby soul. Uh, John calls Mia. There's like interference on the phone. He can't get through. He's like, look, I'm coming. So he's off to the races. And then it cuts back to Mia and Evelyn and the baby at the apartment. And then uh, someone knocks at the door. She looks at the peephole and it's like the back of Father Perez. You can see the back of his head. And she opens up the door and she's like, Father, is everything all right? And then uh, she touches his shoulder and then it shows his face and it's like. It's evil, Father Perez. <laughs> God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> then just crazy shit starts happening. Like stuff falling, dogs, cats living together. 
Mass hysteria. Know, mass hysteria. <laughs> Craziness in the house is going on at this point because uh, I guess now the demon has somewhat revealed itself. You know, to, it's coming. Um, so Mia's looking around for the baby, can't find her. Evelyn says, uh, let's just get out of here. And then the demon, like, basically just pushes her out of the apartment and closes the door. Oh, and by the way, during this, Annabelle is back in the apartment. So Mia goes into the room and she's like, what do you want from me? And then you see, uh, her soul written all over the ceiling with a crayon. Um, this she, this was one of the more could have been it was, but really could have been one of the more fucked up scenes of the movie. Oh yeah. She grabs a hold of Annabelle who's in the crib and just starts bashing the shit out of it on the side of the crib. Yeah. And then throws it over in the corner and then she looks and it's her baby laying there. Yeah, I, I was wondering too if they like did they write that differently and like, no, nah, we can't have that beat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the original test screenings of this, like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, like, we gotta change that to, it's not really the baby, okay? It's like. <laughs> this movie goes to like, uh, uh, that, that, remember that movie, The, uh, the Mist, the Stephen King movie with uh, Tyler oh, yeah. Jane in it? Yeah, now, it, yeah. it goes to the mist proportions right there if that's how she kills the baby. <laughs> yeah. um, but Psych is just a doll. Like, and it's not Annabelle, it's just like some other baby doll. So, you know, the, everyone, you know, breathes a sigh of relief. This isn't how it goes down. So she looks over at the window, and your soul is written on the window, and then the window opens up. Um, because clearly this woman is dense. Her soul, her soul. All right, Jesus Christ, your soul, your soul. Your soul. soul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For you didn't get the sake. subtleties here. I was trying to... <laughs> I mean, I didn't really make you just bash your baby's head in like everyone I mean, look. thought. So I was cutting you a break. <laughs> look, I'm a demon, but come on. I'm not yeah. that big demonic. Come on. <laughs> I'm not that demony. <laughs> As um, for the big guy, I'm just a normal demon. Up, up. Jeez. <laughs> I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut. <laughs> so uh, John and uh, her husband, John and Evelyn, bust back into the apartment and... Uh, it's right as Mia is uh, standing there in the window holding Annabelle about to jump. Like, you know, this is the only way I'm going to get this demon to go away is if I sacrifice myself. So eventually John, you know, kind of talks her off and grabs a hold of her. And then uh, as they're kind of hugging and talking it out, Evelyn grabs Annabelle and standing there. And uh, she basically makes a sacrifice instead. And she she uh, falls backwards and jumps out the window. And she lands on the concrete. She's dead. Uh, and then they, they hear the baby, and then they look around, and the baby's back in the crib, so everything's... The sacrifices, uh, you know, the soul has been sacrificed, everything's back to normal. And then it looks back down at Evelyn on the sidewalk, and uh, Annabelle was laying on the ground next to her, and now Annabelle's gone. <laughs> six months later. You know, the, the, the title screen, six months later. Six months later? <laughs> six months later. Uh... <laughs> They haven't seen Annabelle since. Like they're out, they're out talking with uh, Father Perez, and said, "Yeah, we haven't. There's nothing, been nothing weird. Haven't seen Annabelle since this happened." Uh, and then it cuts to a, a, a older lady coming into an antique shop, and Annabelle sitting on the shelf, and she wants to buy Annabelle for her nurse daughter. Obviously, the girl from the beginning, one of the nurses from the beginning of the movie. Uh, then the title screen comes up. Annabelle now sits in a glass case inside the artifact room of Ed and Lorraine Warren. It is blessed by a priest twice a month. The threat of evil is ever-present. We can contain it as long as we stay vigilant, but it can never truly be destroyed. Lorraine Warren. And then the credits. So, that is Annabelle. It will. Give us your star rating. What do you think? 
Uh, I think I think overall, I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good flick. Uh, I'm going to give it probably uh, kind of torn between three and three quarters and a four. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Uh, so what where, where are you where are you going to land? Three and three quarters, four. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, That's three and fourth at fifth. No, yeah, <laughs> three and five sixths. It's, it's called the new math. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give it a three seven five. All right, smoke. What are you thinking? Uh, I'm coming at it from you know, like a, like when I first saw it, seeing the Conjuring going into Annabelle, and it was only I think what one year maybe between the two. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I actually, I think it was uh, it was a little over a year. It was a little over a year because yeah. yeah, I think uh, Conjuring came out in July of thirteen, and then this yeah. came out in October fourteen. So it was a little over a year. So coming off of The Conjuring, I mean, I thought The Conjuring was just, like, fantastic. Probably one of the best horror movies of that era. Time that came say, out, so. In my opinion, I think it's probably one of the best of the last 10 years. I yeah, yeah I'd, yeah. Still, I'd agree with that, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, So coming to it from that, I was disappointed with it. And so mm-hmm. at that time, if I was rated, just given, you know, in 2014 when I saw it in the theater, out of five, I probably would have given it, like, like, maybe one and a half stars or something. Mm-hmm. Just because... It didn't live up nearly to the conjure. Not that it would. Not that I expected it to be just as good, but it just kind of felt a little rushed and forced out there when it first came out. Like, hey, this like, conjure movie did really good. Let's get Annabelle out there now. You know, mm-hmm. hot, strike all the irons hot kind of thing. And I just wonder how much anything necessarily. Hmm? I just wonder how much. I, I said, I just wonder how much of a plan they had. Yeah, going into like point, whether yeah, they like, knew that. Hey, if this takes off. We got yeah, this yeah, movie, like, yeah, we got that movie. We're going to do this and this, yeah. You'd yeah. have to think they had at least, like, a plan Something, B. If it did, yeah. Because how would they have gotten, you know, turned it so fast, right? So. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, I think it's it, it it's a formulaic horror movie of 2014. It does what it needs to do. It gives you the jump scares, storylines there, and, you know. But, uh, like I said, if I rated it then, I probably would have given it, like, one and a half. But mm-hmm. now I'd give it, I liked it more on this viewing than I did that first time because I don't have that initial... You know, kind of comparing it to the Conjuring type thing, I've already seen it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, I would probably go with uh, maybe two and a half stars. Two and a half. So you're uh, you're giving it the old Suspiria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I liked it a little bit more than that. I think myself, I'm going to go with three stars, and that and that's mostly because I probably made a mistake in hindsight doing this. I watched the Conjuring before I watched this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like you know it's kind of a step down a little bit you know so if i had just watched annabelle because you know i hadn't seen either of them yeah. for a while if i had yeah. just watched that i, I might have gave it another you know half star or so but when you compare the two i'm like man conjuring was so much better uh but yeah I, it's not that i hate this movie i think you know it, it delivers what it you know, what it wants to and um i definitely enjoy it and i guess that kind of makes sense for my rating considering that i've never seen the conjuring yeah you haven't seen the conjuring yet <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? You might see it and say, "God damn, this movie sucks." No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Son of a bitch! What they God, is this a continuation? Continuation of Suspiria? Jesus! <laughs> I was about to say, based on the whole Suspiria fiasco, uh, you may not like it as much as we did. I don't know. <laughs> let's face this out a while. Let's wait a while before we watch The Conjuring. That way, we're not influencing yeah. your opinion. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, because yeah, now you're going to... Well, now it's built up in my head. Now, I'm Yeah, gonna, exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, this, this better be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoy this movie. I mean, uh, 
I think in some ways, uh, you know, not getting too far ahead of ourselves because I'm sure we'll get around to it. I think Annabelle Creation was a little bit better than this one, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what I was, I was um, thinking too when I saw that one. I was like, okay, they up yeah. the ante a little bit there. Yeah, it just didn't seem as, uh, obviously, in, in this movie, except for the stuff with the baby and stuff, it didn't seem like the stakes were all that incredibly high. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like we were talking about before, they did have some really cool scenes in there, like the practical effects scenes that they did yeah. have. This jump there's some cool moments. There's some, there's some cool moments, and it's definitely worth a watch every once in a while, but it's not one I'm going to seek out. Mm. Like, you know, it's not like uh, Hall- the original Halloween or something where I could watch that anytime it's on. Oh, yeah. Thing, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's not fair. Or the ruins. Like no, I'm kidding. Even Time Shutter has it on. Apparently, they, Shutter must have a stake in that movie, you know, just beyond <laughs> the fact that they could show it. Like, they must have a financial exactly. stake in it. <laughs> Either that or it's, it's one of the uh, dozen movies they can show for free, you know, on their uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shutter TV thing. Um, so I think overall, I think we all enjoyed it. Um, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah they only get my 2.5 ratings wrong. I actually do enjoy it. Just, Even yeah. though he gave it the old Suspiria, don't, don't uh, <laughs> yeah. discourage you. I don't, I, don't, I don't deny that it's a good, it's a good popcorn movie. It's, and I can put that on from time to time, like you're saying. I can't, I can't watch it, like, you know, turn yeah. around now and watch it again. But, you know, like another year or two down the road, pull it out, watch it, or if it's on, I'll yeah. watch it. So, so uh, I think it, it's solid. It's, it is formulated for the time and everything, but it's still, a, you know, solid popcorn horror flick. All right, so with all that being said, uh, next time on episode, lucky episode 13 of oh, the yes. All-American Spook Show, we're going to, as, as has been our trend lately, we do a movie in the, you know, a more recent movie, like in the 2020 or the 2000s or the 20 teens. And then we go back to the 80s. We're going to do it again. We're going on. Friday always. the 13th. Oh, wait. <laughs> look, look, we're, we're formulate too. What can we say? <laughs> we're Is it weird that my TV just shut off? Oh, sorry. Yeah, probably. Oh, oh God, shit. have mercy on our souls. <laughs> Mr. I Raggedy sworn I put that Raggedy end on the closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. I'm good. <laughs> Nobody puts Raggedy Ann into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> unless you want a demon, so, unless it's raggedy, yeah, unless it's raggedy Andy. Yeah, no, that's... who knows what Jack and Jill do up to here? <laughs> uh, we're going all the way back to quarter. We're getting in the wayback machine, and we're going back to 1983 <laughs> for Sleepaway Camp. Um, for those of you out there that ha- have seen this before. We are doing this just so Will has to watch it. Because Yay! I've seen it a number of times, and I'm sure Smoke has too. So we want, right. <laughs> we want Will to, to witness this. And uh, so it should be a fun-filled episode for old lucky number 13. Rotten Tomatoes synopsis for Sleepaway Camp. When Angela and her cousin Ricky go off to the dilapidated Camp Arawak for a summer vacation, a series of murders coincidentally occurs. And then it goes into a little bit more. Um, which I don't think we should uh, read for fear of spoiling oh, yeah. too soon. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, there you go. You're setting the you're setting the scene. This is basically an '80s camp movie with some murderous twists. <laughs> murderous twists. Yeah, so you know, yeah, perfectly <laughs> fitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So guys, I guess with that, I mean, unless you got anything more to add, I guess we'll uh, we'll call it a day. Well, I got one more thing to add. But a movie I just thought of that I saw. When we were talking about in the beginning of the podcast that we usually do about what we've seen recently so but uh hagazusa which is a german art house horror film mm-hmm. was very impressed with that one so that's 
It's kind of a, I mean, it's one of those things where it's the type of movie where if you like The Witch, you'd probably like it, or if you, or some, you know, movies like Hereditary, it's got that art house horror feel to it. I, I think, so I'm pretty sure I failed to mention it earlier. I'll say it now. You can, uh, our uh, information out on the socials and whatnot, you can uh, email us at allamericanspookshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at a, at AA Spook Show. We're also, you can search for us, the All American Spook Show, on Facebook and instagram and we have a t public page where you can buy some t-shirts with the logo on it there and we have a youtube page same deal just you know search for all american spook show you'll find us um and i try to put up the uh, entire episodes now instead of just a teaser of the episode so if you can't listen to us on your normal uh platforms you can find us over on youtube so so i guess for uh will and for smoke uh that is all for episode 12 of the spook show and we will see you for episode 13 Sleepaway camp very soon. See you later, guys. See you. Please replace the speaker on its rack when you're ready to leave. Failure to do so will damage both the speaker and your car. We'll be grateful, and so will the patrons who follow you.